All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Point of More Returns. I'm your gracious host, the masked investor. With me, we have Welfare. Welfare, what's going on? Talk to me. Man, welcome. Welcome to the pod. I look forward to a good episode with you. Something that is a passion point for us both. Like one of the main reasons why I was able to convince you to do this stuff is just kind of, you know, call out the grift, the grifters and separate, you know, the people that, you know, are genuinely trying to help and like provide honest information with integrity versus, you know, the opposite for, (laughs) to put it politely, but yeah, like today's episode is don't get scammed. Like, be mindful. And I'll flip it flip it to you because I know you're very passionate about this stuff. Yeah, I, I got a yeah, well one bone to pick in particular. I know we started off in our inaugural episode where we were mentioning how we wanted to just bring light to some of the grift and scam that was going on and misinformation that was being passed along out here in regards to financial information here in the internet age. And one person in particular that just really just kind of rubs me the wrong way is Ian Dunlap, the master investor. Many of you who who may not know of him, he he hosted Monday night show with Iron Your Leisure, where it's called The Market Mondays. And recently on his social media, he had a post where he was mentioning that basically that he's made more money for his audience than CNBC. And he's starting to make claims, which is kind of common with him. You know, when you turn into a show, he has a claim, well, you know, did if I make you money, drop a one in the task in the chat line or something, drop a dollar in chat line, something like that. And it just, you know, had me thinking like, man, this guy just really is just that, you know, just ill-informed and, and, and not, you can tell he just doesn't really study history to the extent that you probably should. If you remember, if you recall, some of us older, some of the audience, we are varying ages, but for us older folks, back in the early 2000s, I'm taking you back, taking you way back. <laughs> well, not that far back, but kind of back, right? Early 2000s, the financial industry was humming along, and it used to do this thing where there was no Chinese wall between the investment bank. Well, it was supposed to be a Chinese wall, but it was being breached, where uh, analysts, and investment bankers would go and try to win businesses. As part of the business that they would win, they would tell the issuer that we we're going to offer research reports as part of the kind of some of the package, right? That they could have the analyst write up a good report. And if an analyst had a good report about you, that moved the market and moved your price. And so, as you can see, there's obvious conflicts of interest with that, which came to light where analysts were pushing stocks and in emails, they were basically calling it dog crap and stuff like that. And as a result, a lot of people were being burned and losing money because they were buying stocks that were being falsely pumped up. And as a result, the industry had to go through a set of reforms and regulations, which we have in place today, which if you go on CNBC, you'll see where they have a disclosure now where they say, you know, well, this bank, we don't own the stock in our portfolio. We don't have any coverage on it, or we do. They have to do all that disclosure, which wasn't there before. And as a result, you you don't have the same level of of asset, you know, I guess, asset management, purchasing, and trading recommendations that you did back in the past. 
And so a lot of that stuff has come to light. So for him to come out and try to compare himself where he's basically a stock show that's purely just based on, you know, discussing stocks and, you know, giving picks and versus, you know, a general purpose media business news show, which does give you, you know, some recommendations or they talk about stocks. It's just, you know, just based. There's no way. But but the other thing is that, you know, just his claim that if I made you money, uh, he said at the end, if I made you money, drop a comment or whatnot. He just keeps leaving out the part where you have to benchmark to an index. Any money manager or recommendation, they always benchmark to some type of index to show their performance in regards to that. Like if I just bought the S&P 500 versus your stock picks, how would I perform, right? Would I be better off buying an S&P? Would I be better off picking your picks? And the dirty secret on Wall Street is like 90 something percent of fund managers underperform the index. So I'm, I'm pretty sure just based on you know my limited watching of Ian that he probably falls in that bucket too. And there's maybe something we can revisit later on. It's just maybe pulling some of his picks for the year and following it and then just comparing it to the bin index. Since he doesn't want to be honest, maybe somebody else should. But that's just something I wanted to touch on. We're going to turn it right over to you, Welfare. Just talk to us a little bit more about these grifters that you're seeing. Yeah, thank thank you for that like elaborate in depth like explanation of everything, and 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 even Wall Street was in on the grift like to your point and the Chinese wall thing. It was the reason why they were like selling the they call it like the department is equity research. That's the technical term, equity research. The reason why the investment banks were willing to release crappy companies like give them good reports is because they wanted to collect investment banking fees from like M&A mergers and acquisition activity because that was super lucrative. And so they didn't want to upset their client base. And so that's why they continued to give out like reports that they knew weren't true because they potentially would lose a lot of money if they did that. So that's what was I guess the the impetus in terms of like why they would do something like that again, like greed. But anyway, I just wanted to provide some additional like touch points on that. But back to the scam, you know, two things that we want to make sure we talk about, like it'll be a pretty straightforward episode is like identifying potential red flags and then some tactics you can do to actually protect yourself. So this episode is also really important and a passion point for me because a lot of people come to me, they'll see things online and they'll ask me like my opinion. And it, I hate to like just tell them, it's like, no, I don't, I don't believe them or no, you shouldn't necessarily invest your money with them for a myriad of reasons. And usually it's just, there's no depth. There's no substance to a lot of what they say. They don't usually have the experience. So just to go over like some of the red flags, like number one, and this isn't in order, but selling lifestyle or luxury without any substance. It's like if all of your marketing is just like on a beach or like designer clothing or you're in front of like luxury vehicles, foreign vehicles, holding cash, like all that, like like Jay-Z said, like holding the money phone, we don't call that money over here. It's like, yeah, you're doing that to lure people. You're doing that to attract people who, you know, maybe in a, a desperate situation or they may, you know, really need money for whatever reason, maybe, which may be fair reasons, but 
usually like that selling lifestyle is always like an eye, eyebrow raiser for me. Second thing is promises of any types of returns. Investments are inherently risky. So the only thing that's only investment that's fully guaranteed is <laughs> investments from the U.S. government. Anything else is like subject to potential losses, which any real investment advisor or someone that is investing on your behalf will let be known is potential risk. So if someone says, hey, I can guarantee you a 35% return, you should run. Like you should stay far away from that because you can't make promises on things like that. Also, they're claiming like big returns on their investments. Now, I was previously a licensed registered representative. Like I had series seven, series 66. And one thing as like a, a broker, you can't like advertise like, oh, what your returns are. That's actually frowned upon and could potentially get fined or lose your license behind that. So your, your BD, your broker dealer is usually very vigilant about seeing what type of marketing goes on. So that's another thing. A lot of these people that are going in, they're not even licensed. Like they haven't even got sponsored to like sit for these exams and follow by the guidelines. So a lot of the things they just say is like, they may not even be aware that they're breaking rules themselves because they haven't. And maybe that's part of the grift. Maybe they don't care, but they're not even like licensed or taking the time to understand like what the rules are in terms of how you can market and sell yourself. So adding on that, like there's usually no credibility, no proof of success in business. Like their only success is usually being a social media influencer or like selling courses. So let me caveat that selling courses itself is not a scam. The problem is, is so many people scamming that sell courses. It's really hard to tell the difference. But I'm always very interested in people that they have successful podcasts about business or investments without them actually being successful in business or investments, which is perfectly fine as long as they make that clear. Like if you're telling that you have this success as a business person, but all your success comes from like having a podcast, like you can't go around saying like, hey, I'm an expert in real estate or I'm an expert in investing, but all your money comes from having a podcast about investing or a podcast about real estate. Like those, that's a false equivalency. That's not the same thing. Another thing that I see a lot of online is like the affinity scam. So like what a lot of these people do, which I won't necessarily call out by name, but if you pay attention, you can figure out who these people are. Like their whole pitch, like their whole marketing is geared toward like pulling on the heartstrings of like making it relatable, making it seem like it was you like, oh, had a really hard upbringing. I came, came from the trenches and I made a way I changed my life around, which are all really great things. Like, mind you, those are excellent things, but they know what they're doing. Like they're pulling at your heartstrings and they're, they're trying to make it relatable and they're trying to lure you in, in the sense of making it relatable. And that's what exactly an affinity scam is. It's like, they're figuring out a way to like scam people that have like the same type of background or same type of experience or may have the same religion or the same race or you know come from like the same same place or have similar experiences another thing and and if you need to jump in like any moment please do last thing then i'll flip it to you aggressive and pushy sales tactics 
Like these people they claim like they have so much success, but why are they like hounding you about making an investment? Like it's nothing wrong with marketing, it's nothing wrong with like asking for like someone to subscribe or like to contribute or anything like that, but they're like constantly hounding you for investments or they're calling you or they're hitting your DM or whatever it is. It's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with being a, a salesperson who's like diligent, but if they're like overly pushy or they're aggressive and and you're telling them that you're, you may not be comfortable making an investment or making a decision and they continue to hound you, that's probably a red flag. So those are just some of the potential red flags. And there are many more, but that's just some that I rattle off off the top of my head. Like I'll flip it back to you, mass investor, and you tell me, like, am I spot on? Do I sound crazy? Like, do you have any like comments or opinions about any of this stuff? Yeah, it sounds like a good list to me in general. I mean, I, you know, I, those are good things to look at when you're looking at a red flag. My thing is, you know, I guess my thing is when I go in, I try to look at what's being omitted, right? For instance, as I mentioned earlier with Mr. Master Investor, where he was talking about drop a fire if I made you money, but he's omitting the fact that in comparison to what, right? So I'm, you know, giving you a stock to recommend to earn, but typically, you know, in the industry, we have a benchmark that you go against, and I'm leaving omitting that out. So it sends by omission, and it's hard to to really say that because a lot of people are like, "Well, how do I know what's being omitted if I don't know about the industry itself?" Right, and that in of itself is is just it, right? That's what the grifter's hoping that, hey, you know, they, this person may not have enough. So they'll go after an audience that's a little, you know, more naive than them, right? The eye of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And even though he only sees one thing, he is better off than a lot of the other people who are blind. And it's just unfortunate that you know, when it comes down to it, it's a little late. People have already put their money in and lost out by the time they find out. So the other thing is just to, you know, maybe ask or make sure you're asking around and doing your research as Welfare indicated earlier. Just what is this person's background? What is their credentials? I mean, if you just do a dig on the master investor, just using this criteria here, you see the guy has a background in marketing. He's never been in the financial industry. He just came out and started. He's a really good market. I will say that. But in terms of, you know, his background, he's never been affiliated with a broker, he's never had a license, never worked with a financial firm, but he's out here advising hundreds of thousands of our, you know, youth and even maybe some of our older it, community members in terms of, you know, investing. And it's just not, just not a good situation to, to be in. Yeah, it's just, it's just really crazy because to your point, it's like, these people are excellent marketers or they're they're excellent at self-promotion. I should say that. Right. And there are people who really have credibility, really have experience that are horrible at marketing or self-promotion because that doesn't that's not their natural inclination. It doesn't come natural to them. And the game is just messed up, man, because it's like people need this information and they need it from someone credible. But the person would, you know, bona fide experience they may have like a thousand followers or you know they may not have a, a large audience and it's just super ironic that that's the way that it goes it's just like 
yeah, the people who don't know anything have the following and the people that that do, they don't have the following. So before we get out of here, I just want to drop like a couple of tactics that you can also do to like protect yourself besides just being mindful of the red flags. Well, like, one thing I want to cut in on that following oh yeah, too thing, right? It, the, yeah, they, they have a following, as you know, you can boost numbers with fake bots and things like that. But the other thing that you have noticed too, is if you look at their videos and their content, yeah, you may have a million people following, but you know, if your views are only, you know, a couple thousand, you know, do you really have that following? It's really like a a bucket, right? You you pouring water in, but it's going out the other side of it. So even though they made people at one point subscribe, they're not coming back. So that's a good showing too, but just something to pay attention to. If they're gonna gamify the system one way, the way you do one thing is the way you do all things, they're probably grifting you in the subscriber count too. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. It's like, well, that's probably a smoke and mirror as well. It's like you probably don't even have that many like supporters or followers like that either. It's probably all part of the like the scam itself. So in terms of in terms of tactics, like there's an organization called FINRA, Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, F-I-N-R-A. Like they have uh, what they call a broker check. On their website, you can type someone's name in. You can find out like the address, when they got licensed, how long they've been in the business, if they have any type of like judgments or what is it, censures against them, any fines, anything like that. Excellent, like to check, as well as like BBB Better Business Bureau. That's another website people use just to kind of check your business, see what people have been saying. I know, like if you just do simple Google searches on like people's companies by like Google, their stage name, their government name, like anything you can find, find out if these people are licensed. Like I know in real estate, I, I make sure like people are licensed and bond, bonded and insured as well. And then another big one is too, is like, if you do decide to do business with these people, if you're like willing to like roll the dice, like ask for client referrals. And then when you speak to those clients, ask those people for client referrals, like who, who, they know who also use them type thing. So you just get a better idea of who you're doing business with because, you know, unless you're just in the, like, giving your money away, you want to you wanna be very vigilant about who it is that you're doing business with. And it, it can't just be because, you know, they were on some big podcast or they were on, like, TV or some celebrity endorsed them. Like, it has to be, like, the decisions have to be based on something like legitimate and credible. So those are my things. I'll flip it back to you, but I just wanted to like roll out like a really quick, cause it's just a conversation we have so much. It's like, should at least put out like a quick episode of like just some of the, some of the red flags. And like, when we think of more, maybe we'll have like another, another episode, but you know, I'll, I'll flip it back to you for the close us out. Yeah, it's, as just to close out, final thoughts for me is just again, just heed the words of wisdom. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. And if they're making base, broad claims with no evidence, I mean, he doesn't even he makes these claims without even any charts or any support behind them. Right? It's just 
it's just just be careful that's all but uh, thanks again for joining us and we look forward to seeing you the next episode